0: amen lord we thank you today for your word i pray that it would speak to every one of us lord i pray that you'd encourage us today you'd you'd uh, challenge us lord you'd help us to rise up as men and women that uh, serve you and honor you lord with all of our lives and we pray that today the word would feed our spirit in jesus name amen you may be seated Happy Father's Day to all of the men. In fact, if you're a man, why don't you stand up one more time for us this morning? Perhaps you need the exercise like me, so I've got you to... You've got one squat done for the day. (laughs) Look at these mighty men. And uh, good looking, intelligent... (laughs) Yeah, I did go to Specsavers. (laughs) Smart. They've got a great sense of humor. We are blessed with some of the incredible uh, men and fathers in our church and um, I was just thinking in the worship then I really felt like the Spirit of God remind me out of Judges chapter 6 where Gideon is thrashing wheat uh, by himself and the angel of the Lord comes along and speaks to him and says, rise up mighty warrior. And I really sense that there is some mighty warriors here today that are standing to their feet in this place. And you know what? He was a mighty man that led to great military victories but what he was really saying in that moment what God was really speaking to Gideon in that moment was to rise up on the inside to rise up in spirit as you're called to as a mighty man of God be awake to the things of God be ready for what God's going to do in your life and don't be afraid don't shrink back in a world that wants to minimize you thank God for women that are being lifted up in our society today that's fantastic but men you have a place as well You have a a moment in time to stand and to be able to be leaders in this world today. So I would love if we could pray for these mighty fathers in here today. Would you reach out your hands towards them this morning? And Lord, I just thank you for every single one of these incredible men. And we thank you for that word, Lord God, that you spoke to Gideon so many years ago. We pray that it would be true today. Rise up, mighty warrior. And I pray, Lord God, for these men, Lord God, to know that they are loved by you, called by you, that they would be strong and courageous in their generation, Lord God, as they lead their families and they lead those that are around them, Lord Jesus. I pray that they would be strong in you, God, that you would use them mightily in their generation, I pray. I pray for any fear, anxiety, anything that would try to hold them back from their destiny, Lord God, that that would be stripped away, that would be pulled away and that they would Stand firm in you and walk towards all that you have for them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Man, you can grab a seat. Fantastic. Well, I got my Father's Day gifts this morning from the kids. They were quite excited to uh, to bring their gifts in. I, I got I got two stress balls this morning. I don't know what that what that speaks of. I got one from. Cooper and one from Georgia. I'm sure if Hudson could buy one, he'd buy me one as well. So I'm not sure what kind of message they're trying to send to me, but uh, they, they really felt that I needed that. And so I, I got this letter this morning from um, Georgia's childcare, and it, and it has a few questions on there that she had to answer. And so one of them was, How old is daddy? And she said 55. <laughs> so maybe I really did need the stress. And she says here, I love helping dad cleaning up all the mess that Huddy makes. So she's just definitely put the boot into her little brother there. And uh, dad loves to clean up and I love to help him clean up. There's a lie. <laughs> We're going to have to work on integrity there. But I love, I love those moments with kids. They're, uh, they're hilarious, aren't they? Today we're going, to, we're going to kick off a new series, it's just called Share Your Faith. And over the next four weeks we're going to talk about sharing our faith. We're going to talk about that scary word called evangelism. And for some reason that word seems to have so many connotations to it and uh, can cause tremor. Uh, for, for the believer can cause fear in the believer when they think about sharing their faith and I don't know why that is maybe you've had a bad experience maybe you've experienced someone doing that to you maybe you've you've seen it done in a bad way maybe you've experienced the fear of trying to talk to someone about Jesus and really being shut down. And there is no doubt in the world that we live today, in Australia in 2022, there is a hostility towards the church. There is a hostility at times towards faith. But one thing that I think that is encouraging is people are actually open to Jesus. They may have had a bad experience with church or I know that the the, the church in general has really been tarnished over the last few years in a lot of ways in people's minds. But the truth is, people are built with a need for a Savior. There is a part on the inside of our lives that only Jesus can fill. And so we have the responsibility to bring this message of the gospel and to share it. And so we want to talk about that. How do we share our faith? Romans 1.16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. So let's not be ashamed, let's not be fearful, let's not be afraid. Just recently we went away on a little bit of a, the kids called it a holiday, it was just one night away to go and see family and there was a birthday party that we were going to and different things but whenever we stay the night somewhere, our kids are like, we're on holidays. It's like, you know what it's like is from a parent's perspective when you go away, we've got three kids and you're packing up the car and it's crazy just, you know, you're going away for one night but the amount of stuff that you need to take just for one night is just out of this world. You're thinking to yourself, do I need a trailer to be able to just really be able to take all the things we need just for this one night? And you get there and we stay at this place and the place was so noisy, and the kids were coughing. Both the two boys were coughing and unwell during the night, and and then because they were in an environment that they didn't know, they woke up, and one of them woke up screaming, saying, "Where are you?" We're like literally in the next bedroom. But thank you for waking up everybody else, and it was just chaotic. And then when we were traveling, there was it was an accident on 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 the freeway, and so we had an hour extra where we were waiting in traffic. And you know what it's like as parents, the stress is just building, you're tired, you're like, why did we even go away for this one night? Why didn't we just go up in the morning? This was the worst idea and I remember I was driving in the car with the kids as we're heading back and and they were saying to me, this was the best holiday (laughs) ever and I'm thinking to myself, this was the worst, (laughs) this was crazy. We We were saying to ourselves, we were just saying to each other, Amy and I, oh gee, we regret this We should have not come or we should have just come up for the day. And the kids had a completely different perspective. And I think about that when it comes to evangelism, how we can work ourselves up and we can have a perspective of what it's like to share our faith if we just had the faith of a child, just to trust God and to step out and we could see that experience so more joyfully with so much more expectation and hope as we share the gospel of Jesus Christ to those that are around us. But so often we can have that parent mentality. Oh, we think thinking about all the things that are going wrong or, or could go wrong. And we miss the joy of the moment of sharing our faith. I love Romans 10 verse 9 says if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. That's something to get excited about. For it is by believing that your in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Verse 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can you, they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messages that bring good news. or the messengers that bring good news. Your feet are beautiful to this world as you bring that good news of the gospel to those that are around you. Let me give you a snapshot of Australia in some statistics this morning. This is from the Australian Bureau of Statistics of a recent census, the most recent one that's happened in Australia, to give you a a picture about where Christianity sits in Australia. Today, 43.9% of Australians identify as Christian, in our most recent census. That's slid slid down quite a fair bit. 43.9% of Aussies would identify as Christian. In 1971, 86.2% of Aussies identified as a Christian. So you can see how the changes have taken place there. The number of people affiliated with Christianity in Australia decreased from 12.2 million... uh, in in, in 2016 to 11.1 million in 2021. The decrease occurred across most ages with the largest decrease for young adults between 18 and 25 years old. Christianity decreased by more than 1 million people, but is still Australia's most common religion. Almost 10 million Australians reported having no religion on the recent survey. Over the past 50 years, there has been a steady decline in the proportion of Australians who reported an affiliation with Christianity. The same period has seen a consistent rise in other religions and no religion. It says here, within the the 43.9% of Aussies who identified as a Christian... There is an increase in people not identifying with church denominations, but rather listing their religion as Christian, only outside of a denominational banner. An increase in this group may indicate a growing trend of people affiliating more broadly with Christianity rather than specific Christian denominations or local churches." So you can see here in this snapshot that there is work to do for the church. There is an opportunity in front of us. The Bible says, look up. For the harvest is plentiful and pray for workers to be sent out into the field. There is so many people in Aussie society today that are waiting for somebody to open up a conversation with them about Jesus. And I think the beautiful thing is that when we lead with Jesus, we don't lead with uh, all the other things that we, we can sometimes do. If we just lead with Jesus and we remind ourselves of the central truth of how Jesus loves us, he cares for us, and we open with that hearts can be opened. People are ready to receive and they want to know and they want to experience God for themselves. And so this morning we're going to take a quick look at Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through to 40. And this tells the story of the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip. And it's not lost on me, we're talking about a eunuch on Father's Day. But we're here today talking about this passage and there's a conversation that takes place about Jesus in this passage. And Philip leads this Ethiopian eunuch to come to know Jesus in a personal relationship. And so we want to have a look at in Acts chapter 8 this morning. And for the sake of time, I'm just going to break it up in parts. But Acts chapter 8, uh, verse 26, it says this, "'As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, "'Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza.' "'So he started out, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia.'" A eunuch of great authority under the Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia, Ethiopia, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And he was now returning, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. I love firstly, first point I want to make this morning is we're gonna talk about five ways to share your faith effectively. The first thing is this: the first thing that happens here is that he's called to obey the command. To go, And if we want to be able to be people that share our faith effectively, we need to obey the command that God has given us to go. To go out into all the world and make disciples as the Great Commission reminds us. That word go, it means for us to be able to be thinking about it. It's in the front of our minds as we get out each day, as we interact with people that we have a mindset to go. I have something to be able to give. I have good news to be able to contribute to those that are around me. We are called to go. And I love in this passage that Philip was doing something else, but God says, go down south to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. And what did he do straight away? He started out, it says. So God had called him, he could have ignored that call. This could have been somebody else's testimony. God could have called somebody else to come and speak to this man. But no, he was obedient to the call. And I wanted to encourage us today as we look at evangelism over this next month, we need to be open to the call. It's not the great suggestion. It's not the great idea. It's called the great commission. It's God's command to us to go. He's calling his church to go thank God for incredible Sunday services and the gathering of the church, which is so important to the building of the body. But we are called to be mobilized to go out into this world, to walk out, to take the gospel, to take this good news to those that are called to experience Jesus Christ. Are we living with a go mindset each day? Or do we get up, we get into our own rhythms get into the own things that we do and we just completely forget what God has called us to do. I was in the cafe just this week, just next door, and I was sitting there and Amy had asked me, can you look after Hudson? And Hudson was in the pram, he's eight months old and he was sitting in that pram. And uh, as as he was sitting there, I got distracted and I started talking to some other people around me and I was just talking to the different people in the cafe and then as I was just talking away and uh, this responsibility of looking after Hudson, it was kind of like, yeah, he's cool, he's there, he's in the pram. And I'm uh, just talking away, talking to these other people and then all of a sudden this lady just comes up to me as she was walking out of the cafe, she says, excuse me, sir. Uh, your baby's just about to fall out of the pram. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, he is too. He's just literally, he's, in, he's next, the only thing left. And so I, I just quickly grabbed him and put him back in into that pram. And it, it reminded me about how we do that with the, the call to evangelize. We get distracted. We start thinking about other things and what God has put in our pram to do, what God has put in our life to do, what God has called us to do, we can get distracted from. This priority that we have that is so important for the church can become something that's on the edge of our life rather than the center. And I guess over this series, I want to encourage you, let's put evangelism back into the center. We have had two years of staying home, flattening the curve, looking after ourselves But we are in a time where it is time to look out. We are in a time where it's time to reach out. We are in a time where mental health pandemic is worse than anything else that we've seen. We are at a time where people are desperate. We are at a time where people are struggling financially. We are at a time where people are struggling in relationships. Marriages are under pressure. Strain with parents and children are under pressure. People are crying out this financial pressure. There is so much pressure. People are looking for hope and hope is in Jesus. We know that. We know the truth of that. We've experienced it. But we need to take this message out. We need to get stirred up to take this message out. Obey the command to go. If we go back to this key passage in Acts chapter 8. The second point is this, walk beside people. The first one is obey the command to go. And number two is walk beside people. Acts Chapter 8 verse 27 says the the, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. That's the word of the Lord. Go over and walk along beside the carriage. What if God had called us To walk beside some people, some friends, some people at work, to not just see them as a work colleague or somebody that we just know and that we just do a rhythm of life with for a certain period of time in our day. But what if God had called us to have a mindset to know, literally, I'm asking you to walk alongside this person in life to get beside this person, to connect with this person, to spend time with them, to to get to know them personally, to be able to enter into their world so opportunities would arise where you can love them as God's called us to, but also share the gospel as we've been instructed and commanded to, that we would be able to walk alongside. See, I think what happens sometimes as believers is we don't take that time to walk alongside beside sometimes we're running beside and we run off in front so he didn't say run in front or he didn't say stay behind he said walk beside and there's something so beautiful about a believer that understands their call to walk alongside people it's the opportunities that start to spark and to take place as we walk along beside see i love the game plan here this is literally what the holy spirit said he just says go and walk beside There was no other game plan of, here's the strategy, go and say this, go and do this. It was just a simple trust that if I walk along beside, the Holy Spirit will guide my words, He'll guide the opportunities, things will start to happen and the opportunity will come. And I think for some some of us, what we need to do when it comes to a mindset to evangelize is stop thinking about all the things that could go wrong and take that step and just start walking along beside And let the Holy Spirit guide conversation. You know, when you pray, when you seek God, before you walk along beside, you're setting yourself up for a win. You're setting that conversation up for a win as you pray and you ask God, give me opportunity today. As I walk alongside this person, let there be a spark, let there be a question, let there be an opportunity for me to share the gospel. And we walk along beside. And I love that about God. He doesn't just give us all the strategy. He just says, hey, just be obedient. Just go and walk beside and let's see what will happen. That's faith. That's trusting in God in that moment. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one would boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them that we should walk in them are we getting the theme this morning walk alongside walk beside that we should walk in the call of God that we should walk in obedience to Christ and just walk alongside people yeah. miracles happen when we walk beside when we have the the courage and the faith and you can imagine this was an uncomfortable moment for Philip because he's he's walking he's got sent here by God he's just called called to go so he's gone out to this road that the Holy Spirit's called him and then he just starts weirdly walking beside this carriage and he would have felt uncomfortable because this man was reading something he was focused on other things but here he was just saying I've got the faith to do what God's called me to do and look at the spark of the opportunity that starts to take place in this story see evangelism is an invitation that we give it's not a demand that we make And as we walk alongside, we invite people into our lives, and then hopefully we get invited into theirs as well. See, friendliness is an important pathway to evangelism. As we build friendships, as we build relationships with people, it opens up the door. I love big events where we see... Uh, crusades and, and thousands of people gather and an invitation is given for people to accept Jesus and it's an incredible moment and many of us our lives have been altered by those invitations but can I tell you that the people that have uh, more chance of being committed to Jesus five years later are people that we are in relationship with and that then work out their salvation with you, and that actually do life with you, that didn't just put their hand up or make a decision at a a big concert, but actually have a friend that walks alongside of them that helps them live out their faith. And that's why personal evangelism is so important. It's not just the job of a a preacher or a pastor or or a crusade person that comes into your city. It's all of our responsibility to share our faith. The third thing in this passage is ask questions. So, we've talked about obeying the command to go. We've talked about walking beside people. And the third thing is this ask questions. It says in Acts chapter 8, verse 30, Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you are reading? I love that the first thing that Philip does is not come in and tell you, Hey, I'm going to tell you everything I know. He actually, the first thing he does is ask a question. And I think when it comes to evangelism, a big myth that is there is that we need to have every single answer. We need to know all the things that could ever be asked. We need to have a theological degree. We need to know all the things that could ever come up in that conversation. Otherwise, I'm not qualified to go and share my faith. Well, that rules out all the disciples. from 12 people billions of people have come to know Jesus that rules them out because they weren't in that category either Jesus just calls us to go but I love in this moment one of the things that we see Jesus does time and time again through the gospels is he uses this strategy of asking questions and it's a beautiful strategy when you're evangelizing when you're sharing your faith to identify where a person is at by asking them questions what do you believe about God? What do you think happens when you die? There's questions that we can ask that actually probe bigger than our statements. And when we ask those questions, we're we're asking that person to tell me, what do you believe? We find out where they're at. We find out where in the point of their journey they are at right now. And it gives us an opportunity to engage in conversation because sometimes we're answering things they're not even asking. But when we ask them where they're at, we locate what's going on and we can speak to that specific moment. I love Jesus. In the Gospels, Jesus asked many more questions than He answered. To be precise, Jesus asked 307 questions in the Gospels. He is asked 183 questions, of which he only answers three himself. And many of those times that he was asked questions, he answers the question with a question. I think Jesus understood the power of probing the heart by asking a deep question. And I would encourage us when it comes to evangelism, ask good questions. Ask people in your world questions. Let them, let the Holy Spirit then. Work in their heart. Open up the opportunity for them to be able to develop an answer. Jesus did this time and time again. The fourth thing this morning is this. We've talked about open, obeying the command to go. We've talked about walking beside. We've talked about asking questions. The fourth thing is this. Share the gospel. Share the good news about Jesus. It says here in Acts 8 verse 34, the, the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And so beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. I love that he began with the scripture that this person was struggling with. And then he took him through understanding what the gospel means, what Jesus has done, the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, there's many tools in our toolbox that we can use. Our testimony is an incredible tool that we can use to share the gospel. As we tell our story of what Jesus has done in our hearts, it actually brings transformation. It helps people be able to understand this isn't just a theory for me, this is personal. It helps people to be able to connect with your story, and there's elements of your story that are going to help other people to be able to understand. You know, some of the other things we can do is we can have key scriptures that we know that are going to help people through understanding what salvation re- means. There's things like Romans Road or different strategies that we can get together where we, we just know there's a few scriptures that I can go to that will help me understand how to share the gospel. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. And as we spell it out and explain it in a simple way, people, their eyes are open. We can use an illustration to be able to help people understand the divide between humanity and God. We can do a drawing. We can help create an illustration so people understand or a picture. We can invite people to a church service. We can bring people into an environment with Christian friends. There's so many strategies we can use to help us to be able to communicate the good news of the gospel. But I think for all of us, we've got to have that understanding that God, it says here in the scripture, that God is making his appeal through us. How crazy is that? God chooses to use us to spread this message of grace throughout the world. And yet so often we find ourselves distracted and focusing on so many other messages rather than this central message that's changed our life. It's changed our eternity. Let's not forget the good news of the gospel. And can I encourage you, don't make good news bad news. Keep it good news. It's called good news for a reason. Yes, we need to repent, but it's by God's grace that we are saved. And we start to speak about those things and and keep it focused on Jesus. i tell you what, it's life-changing. It transforms. And you know what, Here's here's the thing. It's not your responsibility to save anybody. It's just your responsibility to share the gospel. And as you do that, you might, you might lose out nine out of ten times, but that one time that someone lights up for Jesus, you know how it feels, don't you? It just changes everything. You know it's an eternal decision. It's so special. It's so powerful. Let's not be deterred from the nine times. Let's just continue to trust God. And finally, in this passage number five, lead people to their next step. It says in Acts chapter eight, verse 36 in this story, as they rode along, they came to some water And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him there. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. He'd met Jesus. He'd encountered God. And I love that Philip in that moment, he led him to his next step of water baptism. And I think for all of us, when it comes to sharing our faith, we've got to understand there are people on the spectrum on all angles. There's a minus 10 person that we're going to encounter. And there's the plus 10 Christian. Zero perhaps is salvation in the middle. But our responsibility is to try and help people. Hey, if you're a minus 10, can I get you to being a minus 8 today? By my conversation, by my questions, by my walking alongside you, by my testimony, by my sharing some scriptures, by my asking you to consider some things and come back to me with some answers. Can I move you along that journey? Can I help you on your next step? And I think for all of us, we have that responsibility to help people on their next step of knowing Jesus. Help them on their next step. And not everyone's going to be the same. But if we just commit to helping people along their way, what could God do in this spring and summer of souls that we're believing for, for City Church? What could happen in those conversations? You know, church is great and I love being together on Sundays. But do you know what? Most of these stories of salvation happened outside of the temple in the Gospels. They happened in the marketplace. They happened in homes. They happened when people were having a meal together. They happened one-on-one. They happened in those moments outside of the building. And I want to encourage you, let's keep that mindset to go. Let's keep that mindset to share this good news. For I am not ashamed of the Gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. So Lord, this morning, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice on this Father's Day 2022. Lord, I thank you that we are reminded of the good Father that's transformed our lives, that's changed the story of our lives and our future. And I pray that we wouldn't forget that in our conversations this week and in the weeks and months and years to come. But Lord, I pray in the forefront of our minds would be this desire to share our faith, that we'd be able to look around heaven and see faces and people and names of people that we know that we had the opportunity to share the gospel with and that their lives were altered by you as we just took that step of faith i pray that we'd be a church that passionately shares our faith that we'd be a church that understands the great commission is our priority lord and i pray that we'd stir us up help us to be bold and courageous in jesus name amen amen would you stand with me this morning And I want to finish this morning and I hope we do this always. I want to pray the sinner's prayer because although you're in the building this morning and you may have come along many times to church, maybe faith in Jesus hasn't clicked for you yet. Maybe it hasn't become personal. And I want to encourage you, today is an opportunity. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. In other words, let's not delay. Let's not put it off. Let's open our hearts to Jesus today. Let's start a relationship with Him today. I'm always aware that the people are watching on, online. And there's people that we don't know. We don't know names or faces, but we know people are watching. And I want to give an invitation today for people to know Jesus, to know Him personally, for your life to come alive as you were created to. Really, life is only truly life when you are in relationship with your Creator. And today we're going to pray what we call the sinner's prayer. It's a simple prayer, giving our heart to Jesus. And, and I pray that this is a prayer that we would all be acquainted with because it's one that we would remind ourselves that we would pray regularly to make sure we're in alignment with God, but also that we would pray this prayer with other people and we would share it with people in our workplaces, in our schools, and our friendship groups. That This would be a prayer that is, is not really formal, but it's, it's a prayer that is a prayer of priority to say, I want to lead people to know Jesus. And it doesn't have to be a particular format, but it's simply saying, God, I want you to come into my heart. And so today we're going to pray that prayer. I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this after me. And let's make a decision to put Jesus front and center in our lives, to make sure he's our highest priority and to take this message and then to share it with those that are around us. So I want you you repeat after me? Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. For my sins and mistakes, I'm sorry. I receive your love for me. Help me to live for you and to know you personally. To serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's never forget the power of what god has done in our life to bring salvation to our souls let's not let's not make it just some kind of trite thing that we forget how significant this moment is that jesus has saved us that we have heaven awaiting us that we live with hope today and let's never forget to make sure this message is at the priority of our minds as we go out every single day and we interact with people as well in jesus name